Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that his promises are yes and amen? Look at somebody say he's faithful. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody else say you're in the right place at the right time. Amen. Amen. Good to see the Davises back with us. Good to see all of you here this morning. God is so faithful to us. Such a joy to be in the house of the Lord, to worship together, to lift up his name, to exalt the King of kings and Lord of lords, to know that we serve a God who is with us, who is faithful, who is present even right here. Amen. How many believe that this morning, that God is in the house? Amen. You know, the reality is, is that sometimes we feel, well, I didn't feel God. Well, let me tell you something. He says acknowledge him, right? It's a matter of acknowledging him. We don't always feel God. But do you trust him even when you don't feel him? Do you believe his words when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you until the end of the age? Do we believe that word? Do we cling to that word? Because let me tell you something. When life throws its arrows at you and you feel overwhelmed, you may not feel God, but if you can cling to his unchanging, almighty, glorious, mighty hand, no matter what the world throws at you, you can know that you know that you know that you know that God is with you, that he is for you, that he's holding on to you, that he loves you, that he's clinging to you. Amen. Somebody give God praise in the house. Amen. 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 Woo! Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I, the weather in here feels warm to me, but I, I, I'm just, it's just me, right? Maybe. I, I'm trying to help people out. I see people bundled up on Sunday morning. They like, I mean, you know, Vic's got his uh, stocking cap on, and people got their bundled up. I'm like, we got to do something about helping some folks out. But I don't know about you, but the preacher gets hot. <laughs> Take my jacket off. I think I'll take your word. Can I take the tie off too? <laughs> Somebody said, Pastor, you're wearing a tie. I said, don't get used to it. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be very Memorial Day oriented today. I, I, I wear this for Brother you know, Latham because he's always got his bow tie on and he always looks so handsome, right? I mean, and not only does his bow tie look good, but his socks match. Luce, I don't know if that's you or him, but man, he is always to the hilt. And he was, we were talking this morning, and you know, he served 31 years in the Army and then came home and served another 20 years, listen to this, another 20 years uh, in the National Guards. Can you imagine that? 51 years of service. <laughs> Amen. He's, it, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is is he's out there right now serving as the security guard for the church. Man, that guy is about service, and we are so thankful for him. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12, we're going to talk for a few minutes, and then we're going we're gonna to preach. Is that all right? Just for a minute or two. Maybe. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12 says, Then watch yourselves that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Do not forget the Lord. I don't know about you. Have you ever forgot something? If you didn't raise your hand right now, you are not telling the truth. <laughs> right? 
because we all forget things. You know, uh, it's, we can forget some small stuff and it might not be as impactful, right? It might not cause you trouble. You know, I've, I've left the house and forgot something and had to turn around and go back. You know what I'm talking about? You know, it could be a small thing like leaving men leaving the lid up. Well, never mind. That could be a big thing. I'm sorry. Um, uh-huh. But we forget things. Statistics tell us that, that 42% of people forget faces. How many, know, how many feel like that sometimes? Man, it's hard for me to remember everybody. I just keep, I keep forgetting their face. Uh, my, my wife, I, I, I know she, she knew it was coming. She looked at me and she said, I know it's coming. <laughs> she can see someone in church and if they, if, and then she goes to the grocery store and they look different, like they have their hair fixed different or something, she's, she's like, I don't know. I just, I don't recognize them. This look different. Now, I'm on the, I'm on the opposite side. Sometimes I forget names, right? It says that 83%, that's the number one thing that most people say they forget is names, right? 83% of people say that they forget people's names. Uh, what was said, right? What was said? 49% of people forget what was said. I'm going to go around and I'm going to ask people what, I, what was preached on next Sunday, and I just want you to tell me what was... Never mind. <laughs> because 49 people forget what was said. 53% of people forget words. How many have been in a conversation and you just can't think of the right word to say, Right? You know, uh, one guy said that um, he was learning English and he was trying to pronounce, he was talking to his dad in Spanish and he says, Dad, I can't remember the word in Spanish and I can't remember the word in English. He says, I guess I'm growing deaf. <laughs> Ken, you can relate, can't you? Oh, good. 57% of people forget telephone numbers. Who needs to remember a telephone number when your phone remembers all of them? It's so great. I just say, hey, you know, hey, Siri. Oh, better if I say, hey, Siri, my phone might go off. <laughs> hey, you know who, right? Call so-and-so. And, and automatically, you know, it's automatically calling. It's a great feature. Thank you, Lord, right? You know, 60% uh, of people forget where, where they've put something, right? I mean, in my house, I don't say, hey, Siri. I say, hey, Kim. Where is this? I believe that is a great gift that God gave a man a woman. Thank you, Jesus. As, um, as Brother Bill Heron said at the wedding of Mary Jeffries, I said, it is not good for man to be alone. He said, amen. <laughs> amen, right? And, 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 if you have forgotten that if you have done something or not, you're not alone. 38% of people forget that if they've done something that they thought they should have done already, right? Have I taken that pill yet? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> but you know, today is called Memorial Day. Memorial in the idea that we are to remember, that we are to Recollect that we are to memorialize something. And, and, and though we 
tend to be forgetful people, though we tend to forget things in life, there are some things that we should never, ever forget. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. Amen. I mean, when I think of, you know, things that we should remember, I think of this Memorial Day. And, and, and you know, a lot of people have turned a moral, Memorial Day or have turned Memorial Day into the beginning of summer. We've turned it into the beginning of opening the pools and getting them ready. We've turned it into, you know, the vacation times, the camping, the, the, the cookouts. And, and, and believe me, if you're cooking out, I want to know, right? Um, and, and I'm not saying that those things are wrong, but that is not what Memorial Day was established for. That was not the beginnings of Memorial Day. That is not what it stood for. I mean, Memorial Day grew out of the human need to remember where we've been. Only then can we figure out where we're going. The cherished memories of the nation, a town, a church, a family provide the values and the dreams that one generation passes to the next. And if we, for, if we forget to pass these things that have happened on to the next generation, then we have failed to pass the torch of our culture and our society. We looked at the chaos that is going on in our world today, and I would say that many have forgotten to pass the torch. Many have forgotten to, to instill the same values, to ensure the same historical facts and the truths that we have experienced and pass them down to the next generation. All of this was on the mind of President Abraham Lincoln on November the 19th, 1863 as he made his way to the Pennsylvania battle and here he, he feared that he might be the last president of the United States the country teetered on the brink of self-destruction the, the the ceremony that afternoon would dedicate the site of the cemetery for over 40,000 soldiers that lost their life in a three-day battle in Gettysburg can you imagine that 40,000 in three days lost their life in one single battle. Lincoln's remarks provide the, the seedbed for what would become Memorial Day. This is some of the words that he said. He says, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the to proposition that all men are created equal. Wow, what powerful words, right? That's how he began. And less than two minutes later, he, he concluded this great message with this. The world will little note, no longer remember what we say here. But it can never forget what they did here. Speaking of the sacrifices that, would made, that were made by the 40,000 soldiers who lost their lives. And he goes on and says, it is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work, which they who fought here have thus far so no, nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from this honored dead, from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that they that we honor highly, well, I'm sorry, that we hear highly resolved that these dead shall not have died in vain, that, the, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, that the government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish. 
from the earth. Man, what a powerful presentation and honor for those. You know, from that time forward, communities got together and honored the soldiers who had fallen in war. They had bands together. They had parades. Uh, they began decorating the, the gravesides, the graves of those who had been honored. And many even called it Decoration Day, and some still call that Decoration Day. But after World War I, the day expanded to honor the American heroes of all wars. And we can look back, whether it be American Revolution, Civil War, World War I, World War II, Korean War, the Vietnam War. We can uh, think of the uh, Middle Eastern Wars that we have fought that we're still, as Jeremy said, that we're actually still in. 20 years later, still engaged in warfare in the Middle East to honor and to remember the sacrifices that they made. Of course, as you know, it was, it was held for years on March 30th, but in 1971, Congress moved it to the last Monday of May. You know, this morning, when I think of those to honor, I think of, I think of David Ray Guy, which would be Barbara Taylor's dad. Barb, would you come here for a minute? Chris, come and join her. You know, Chris, you never had the privilege of meeting your grandfather. I saw the picture that you posted of, of his grave, and, and I, I thought to myself, you know, so many have had the privilege of knowing your grandfather, had he, having probably been whooped by your grandfather or having uh, been spoken to and encouraged by, having the joy of, of being encouraged by a grandfather. Chris never had that privilege. You barely had the privilege of knowing a dad because you were, what, two years old? No, I was three months old when he got killed. Three months old when he got killed. Never, never experienced the passion and love of a father. And, and, and Mr. God died on the first wave of, of D-Day as they stormed Normandy Beach. Thank God for his willingness to serve our country, to give us the freedom. Look, I don't know if there'd be a France today, right? I mean, the world doesn't even recognize or, or, or has a hard time understanding the impact that the United States military allows the privileges of the freedoms that we have, not just in this country, but around the world. And I'm thankful for the sacrifice of your dad. And though I, I can't imagine not having the experience of having a dad or a grandfather, to me, I honor you two in his place to say thank you so much. Thank you for being passionate and caring. Thank you for still being in church. You could have grown bitter, but you've grown better. And we love you this morning. Wow. So you had a grandfather that became dad, basically, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Praise God for that. I never missed out on having a grandfather. Come on. He served in the Philippines and then came home and married a single mother of two. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Amen. Cecil Walker is going to come here in a minute. You know, another, uh, another, come on up, Cecil. 
You're supposed to be up front already. What are you doing? You know, another, another thing that a lot of people don't um, recognize or take into account is the impact that, that war has on the soldiers who fight. Um, the, when you think of soldiers who have been in warfare, who have been in war zones, uh, how they come home. Many come home as a shell of the person that left. Many come home overwhelmed by various, you know, back, back, probably back in your day, Cecil, they didn't have what they called mental health disorders. But we recognize today that many of them struggle with various mental health disorders. And, and so I want you to share just for a moment of, of some of your experience. I won't take on. I want to hear you preach. I was in the Vietnam War. Went twice, uh, but by the grace of God, I'm here today. Because the second time I was there, my wife was praying for me and people in this church. That's why I'm here. Listen, do you love America? Now I remember the oath I took, and that oath stands today. I will protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Amen. Take it to the bank. And what, <laughs> I remember one time, October the 24th, 1965, right after midnight, we was hit by a mortar attack. And I remember men screaming, bullets popping through the tent, and all that kind of stuff. But listen, I'm here today, praise the Lord. A lot of these young men that died, they didn't have to have a hold their youngin', their grandbabies, their great-grandbabies, and I have, I thank God for those men that died for America. Do you still love America? Hey, do me a favor. Please don't ever burn the flag because I wouldn't want to catch you at it. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. How many this morning in this service right now have served in the military or are presently serving? If you would, would you stand at this moment? We, we honor you and we thank every single one of you. We appreciate what you, uh, what you have done and what you're doing for our nation, we are so thankful for the sacrifices you have made. Amen. Amen. You know, um, having lived in Maryville previously, I got to know a gentleman named Benny Graves. Now, some of you may or may not know Benny Graves. His brother's Gary, and we won't hold that against him. Um, but I got to know Benny at the Hardee's on 411. I don't even know if the Hardee's on 411 is still open. Is that the gas station, right? The Kenjo gas station. But um, I would go there and sit down, and, and I got to listening to him talking to other people. And, and so eventually I started sliding over toward their table because I wanted to hear uh, these stories. And Benny was such a cut-up. He was um, you know, a, a, a hilarious you know, storyteller. 
And, and one day I, I got to just get to know him a little better. I even went over to his home and he began sharing with me some of the, the struggles that he had. And, and I noticed that Benny lived alone. He was by himself. He, he was not married. And, and I'm like, Benny, what happened? And, and so he shared with me that when he came home from Vietnam, his mind was so messed up and that he went home to his wife and, and his children, but there was a couple of nights that he woke up in a panic and had a gun in his hands and he was afraid that he was going to take his wife, his wife's life. And he said, you know, I could not bear the guilt of what I felt and how I was acting. And he says, I didn't, he says, I, I, he says hey, I love my wife. I tremendously care for her, but my mind was so messed up that I could, not, I could not bear living in the home thinking that what might I do at the brink of a moment, at a sound that might happen that caused me to lose my, uh, 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 all my intelligence and caused me to do something reactionary and take somebody's life. And I think, man, this man not only lost something a part of him, but he lost his family. Lost his relationships. Sacrifice. I don't know, man. I don't know that we give enough honor and respect to the men and women who, who bear the uniform for our country. Amen. And I'm so thankful for you guys. I, my, I super honor you. Yes. Yes, I honor you and thank every one of you. Um, I, I didn't get the privilege to serve. I, I wanted to, never got the privilege, but I have my brothers, my uncles, all of them served, and I am super proud of and thankful for all of you guys. You know, this word that I shared says, then watch yourselves that you do not forget the Lord. I, I realize that we shouldn't forget because they, they say the, the statement is, is that those who forget history are bound to repeat it, Right? And we can see that through how Israel uh, oftentimes would gain a status uh, in, in their life that they would then turn their backs on God. But I, I pray that not only do we not forget the sacrifices that were made by those in our country, but we would not forget the sacrifice made by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who died for our sins, that we no longer are bound to the sins of this world and bound by the sins of our life. We're no longer bound to hell. We no longer have a trajectory in hell and fire and brimstone, but we who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ have life and life more abundantly knowing that we shall walk the streets of gold. We shall enter the gates of pearl. We shall dance around the throne of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We can have the peace that passes understanding. We can have the grace that God gives us every single day. We can know that when we get up out of the bed every morning that His mercy is made new every morning. We know that this is what we have in Christ Jesus because He was willing to sacrifice His life for us. That's what we have. That's the blessings and the privilege that we have because of Jesus Christ. And when this word says, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. I don't know about you, but I remember where I came from and I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ loved me enough that he cared about me, that he brought me from the miry clay and set me on the rock to stay, amen. Amen, amen, amen. 
Thank you, Jesus, right? So what are we to remember? When I look at the scripture in, in, in verse 12, it tells us, then watch, then watch yourself. Well, that word then lets me know there's something previous that I need to be watching myself about. Come on, somebody. And so I have to go back to verse 4 and look at what it says. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Come on. Amen. So I need to, first of all, know that I know that God is God. We live in a world where they're trying to explain away God, where they're trying to explain away cre creation, where they're trying to use every, uh, every kind of thought process and pattern to keep us from knowing who God is or to cause us to doubt that God is real. But I don't know about you, but I know who I have been. If you've had an experience with God, you can't deny that God is real. Come on. When you have been in the depths of sin and you have saw God in a moment in the twinkling of an eye tra transform your life from who you used to be to who you are today, you understand that your destination is different from where it was because you've got a different path and a different plan, a different attitude, a different mentality because he said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer thinking the old man's ways. I'm thinking Christ Jesus' ways. I've got a new view. I've got a new goggles. I've got a new way of looking at life. I know that I'm different because Jesus Christ is real. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's all right. Sadly, even this past week, there was a, there was a, a false petition put out in one of the universities and the petition was to, to wipe away Memorial Day. And, and, and here it is that you hear these different ones talking of how that they believe one way before they went into the university, but yet in the university they came out in a new thought pattern. And I'm thinking, dear God, we've allowed academia to define God instead of the church. We've left the education of our children. We've left the education of, of, of our society up to academia, and we've placed them at the pinnacle of what society should be. Oh, you need to be educated. Education would change your life. Yes. But when we place it above God, and God is no longer part of the academia, then we have lost who we are. Academia is not just mathematics, it's not just uh, science, it's not just language and arts, it is theology. People need to know that God is real, and that he is the head of all, he is the Lord of glory, he's the creator of the earth, he's the one that gives us the ability to know and to think. He even said that in the last days that knowledge would advance, he understood this even before we ever could imagine it happening. Who would have thought that we're carrying around a computer in the palm of our hand just even 20, 50 years ago, right? And we've misplaced God. We have no longer 
allowed him to be the pinnacle of our society and we've put him somewhere as the option that we can allude to when we're sick or when we are struggling. Oh, we, we better pray. You hear even various media outlets say we need to pray and I'm, in my mind I'm thinking who are they praying to? Because we need God. More specifically, we need this one who people cringe when we say his name. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. He came. He died. He rose again. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession. He's the one that we need to proclaim and call on. He's the one that we need to trust in and know that it is him that is with us to comfort and strengthen and help us in the time of trouble. Amen. I mean, when we think of even the soldiers who, who fought wars for us, one of the basic foundational freedoms that we have appreciated and valued is this of our freedom to worship, our freedom of religion. And it's a slap in the face of every soldier who has served, who has fallen in service to say that we don't believe in God. Because they have died for our ability to worship God. And yet here they walk around as if our worship and our religion means nothing any longer. We, are, we have matured and, and we have grown into a society who doesn't need God anymore. But I'm here to tell you we need Jesus just as much today as we have ever needed Jesus. If not more, if not more, if not more, we need Jesus. People walking into malls, shooting up, people killing cops, people going crazy. What in the world? What is this? We need Jesus. He's the only answer. You can, you can say whatever methodology, whatever plan, whatever political idea that you want to put together to reform or reshape or renew the mind of our United States, but it has to get back to this one thing, and that is Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no other path. There's no other way. There's no other plan. There's no other educational motive. There's no other scientific method. It has to be Jesus. He's the only way truth in life hallelujah hallelujah we need Jesus we can't forget God we can't forget that God loves us think about this Jesus Christ in his foreknowledge knew that we would be in this position in this day over 2,000 years ago he knew the chaos that would took place and yet, even in his foreknowledge, knowing of your sin and my sin and, and societal sin, knowing that the world would, would turn its back on him, he still chose, think about this, he still chose to go to the cross of Calvary for every single one of us, past, present, future. He still loves you. Amen. The Bible even says it this way, that he knows the very number of hair on your head. That's an intimate God who knows you so intimately that he cares about you, that he was willing, even in his foreknowledge, knowing how you would turn your back on him, knowing how you would, how you would forget him, knowing how you would turn away from him, he still chose to love you. 
So we should not forget that God is God. We should not forget that he loves us. But according to this same scripture in verse uh, verse. Five, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. So if we know that God is God and we know that he loves us, we should also not forget to reciprocate the love of God that he showed us. Come on, somebody. Amen. The word of God says this. How will you know that you love me, that you will keep my commandments? Amen. So we, if we know that God loves us and we choose to not forget to love God, then we will walk in what God has told us to walk. Let me tell you, that means this can't just be something that sits on your coffee table. It can't just be something that sits on the shelf. It, it has to be something that you open on a daily basis because God's still speaking to us today the truth of God's word that, that our society needs. When we say everybody needs Jesus, it's not, the, it's not just a good slogan that we say. It's not just a good motto that we follow. It is they need the truth of God's word. Amen? He said the word was with God and the word was God. This is God's word. This is the Christ, the, the Christ's words to us today and we need to follow his words. Amen. Y'all still love me, right? Amen. Amen. A little bit. Verse 6 says, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as, as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. We shouldn't forget that God is still God. We shouldn't forget that God loves us. We shouldn't forget that because we recognize the love of God that we should love him. Amen? But we also shouldn't forget his words and his commands. This scripture says that we should write them on our heart, the tablets of our heart. Another scripture says, I will hide his word. I will not sin against God. Amen. In other words, you can't forget something you don't know. But you need to know Amen. him. Amen? The... the, the the pinnacle of the crisis of our society is not, is not a rebellious generation. It's a generation that doesn't know any better. I mean, we expect the world to, I can't believe they would act this crazy. In that same false petition that they were signing for Memorial Day, they were stating facts like, you know, uh, this is just a representation of imperialism and all this stuff. And the fact is, is they didn't know. They don't know history. They have no clue of, of the truth of what took place in our society. They didn't know. And we expect, well, these Americans have lost their minds. They've lost the morality. And we get mad. Believe me. I get mad. But then the finger 
stops pointing at them and I recognize there's three pointing back at me and the idea is who am I discipling today? Who am I pouring into today? Who am I spending time with to help them understand the truths of God's word? Who am I invoking to thought to understand what true sacrifice Jesus said Jesus said it this way, it's, there's no greater love than this than a man gave, giving his life for his friends. This is the word of God. And if I am to love him, I'm to love his word. And if I am to see something transformed, I'm to share this word with everyone. I can get mad at the younger generation, but who am I transforming and who am I investing in? I'm not blaming you, but I do recognize the church has gotten so self-centered that it focuses on, well, is the air just right? Is the seats just comfortable? Is the music okay? Is the, and we get so self-centered, focused on just what makes us happy. And my question is, is what are we doing to transform the community around us? What are we doing that is the beacon of light that people want to be a part of who we are? What is it that makes us attractive to the world? Look, Jesus was not a king sitting on a throne when he was here on earth, when he was walking this earth. He was a servant. He was a carpenter. He was poor. He even, he even told the people around him, he says, look, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man doesn't have a place to live. But at some point, he was attractive. Because over 2,000 years later and billions of servants of God walking this earth because of one man that was attractive. He didn't have everything that everybody thinks they should have. He didn't have flashing lights. He didn't have all the nuances of today. But guess what? He was faithful. God, help us not to forget that it is our responsibility to train up the next generation it's not one person, it's not one organization, but it's we as the whole. Look, God gave us a great commission, right? He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Teaching them to obey all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. You know what I didn't notice at the front of that context? It didn't say, pastors, do this. It didn't say, evangelists, do this. But the Great Commission was for every person who surrendered their life to Jesus Christ and understands that he is the king of glory and the king of kings. It is for every person who proclaims the Lord Jesus as their savior, we have been given a commission, even here in Deuteronomy. It says this in verse seven, it says, you shall teach them diligently. Look, guys, it may not be that you're out there evangelizing in your workplaces, but if you can just disciple the ones in your home, that would be a great start. Teach them diligently to your sons so, and, show, and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you're walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. It has to be a lifestyle. 
And somewhere along the way, we have forgotten our Christian lifestyle. We've forgotten that that holiness is the way to the Lord, right? For without holiness, this is the word of God, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And some of you automatically jump back into your mind of dress codes and things like that. Look, I'm talking about holiness of the heart that represents itself in a clean and pure life. Amen. Amen. Does that mean that dress styles will change? Yes. It's part of the heart. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting right now. Come on. We can't forget that he's God. We can't forget that he loves us. We can't forget that we need to love him. We can't forget his words, his commands. We need to make them a part of our heart. We can't forget our role but as, as we understand who he is, that he's called us to a great commission to disciple, to teach them diligently. We can't forget the intentional lifestyle because it says, it says put them on your doorpost and on your gate. In other words, you know, Somebody says, well, worship is something so personal to me. Well, if it's personal, it will show on the outside. Right? I mean, look, we have different types of fans in this room. We have football fans, hockey fans, Harley fans. We have all kinds of fans, right? And I can pretty much tell you which, which team you like. Ain't that right, Daryl? With a big Tennessee right here. Because it is something external to us. It's not only something internal that we are a fan of, but it's external because we let people know what we value and what we appreciate. How much more does our faith need to be external? On the doorpost, and on the gates. Come on. I'm not talking about religious. I'm talking about righteous. Does people know who you are? Do they know that you love Jesus? Do they know that you are a faithful man and woman of God? Do they know that you are serving God faithfully? Do they know that about you? Because if not, are we being faithful to this word. Are we even being faithful to the men and women who have given their lives so that we can proclaim this word? God help us, amen? But not only should we remember these things, but then we should also remember the promises as we sing these yes and amen. We should remember verse 10. It says, Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers. We should remember that God, listen to this, he's going to bring you into the land that he swore to your fathers. Guess what? You may not see the manifest promises of God fulfilled in your life, but it could be that your children walk in those promises because of your faithfulness. Amen? Isn't that powerful? Come on. So 
We need to remember the promises of God. That the Lord, when he declares and promises something, that he will fulfill it even when we don't understand it, even when we don't see how it should happen, he will fulfill it. It says that to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build and houses full of good things which you did not feel and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant and you will eat and be satisfied. God help us to watch ourselves. Amen? Help us to be prepared. Help us to serve. Help us to fulfill the plan that Jesus has laid before us because all of God's promises are yes and amen. Amen?